Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. <gasps> and is going to have a 60-minute time limit. I'm Sean McHugh, and once again, I am joined by my good friend, tag team partner, Robbie Two Bucks. Soon to be Robbie One Buck himself, Mr. Rob Quinn. Hey, I got a question for you before we start. I got a question for you, too. You, you got a dollar I could borrow? Where, where are my money? Man. Where, where, where are my money? Man, this is this is a rough crowd. <laughs> for those uh, for those unaware, uh, this is dating back to our Revolution preview episode in which Rob guaranteed that uh, I believe it was Santana and Ortiz was going to be in the yes. was going to be one of the final four, or one of the final teams in the AEW Casino Battle Royale. I said I believe it's going to be Jungle Boy and Death Triangle, and just gonna. Chop that one up as I nailed that one. Uh, so you know, gloating is a poor look, Sean. Where, where, where's my money? <laughs> All right, here we go. I mean, I mean, look, man, you you ducked out, you ducked out on our comeback episode after I got over the Rona. You know, I survived COVID, and all I got was this crappy T-shirt, and it's still not a dollar. He is currently he is currently fumbling over his phone. I assume trying <laughs> to find a Venmo app to pass me a dollar so that we can make this official, so that we can get all this cleared. And spend the night talking about we we can go on as friends, so we can go on as friends. Spend some time discussing uh, takeover, stand and deliver, which is going to be an awesome two night event. Where my money? Did you get your money? Did you get your money? I sent you your money. All right. Yes, I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Email just came through saying that I did. Okay, now we're friends again, and Rob is back to <laughs> well, he's he's down to one buck now, but we can still call him Robbie two bucks for the sake of the episode. Uh, Rob, how you been, bud? Pretty great. How you been, man? I'm good. We're good. Every everybody's happy and healthy, and we've got the hands down biggest, busiest, craziest 14 day run of wrestling that I think I've ever seen. Um, starting tonight with NXT Takeover, Stand and Deliver. We got Takeover tonight, AEW tonight. We're not going to talk about AEW. We're just focusing on NXT today. Going into Thank God, because Raw has been abysmal. I'm so happy I missed that discussion. Yeah, well, actually, uh, we have to catch up on that too, but I'm going to save that as like a WrestleMania preview, carryover, all that nonsense, just because, to your point, yeah, since Fastlane, there really hasn't been too much of note, in, in my opinion, either. But uh, NXT's got plenty. So we've got NXT TakeOver, Night 1, Night 2, Friday Night SmackDown, which is essentially the WrestleMania pre-show. WrestleMania night one, WrestleMania night two. Then we get into Raw after Mania. NXT moves to Tuesdays. AEW stays on Wednesdays. Impact moves to Thursdays. And then Friday night SmackDown once again. So it is a busy, busy time. And it all started Sunday with New Japan and Sakura Genesis, which is its own can of worms. I'm still watching the show. I've been spoiled as to what happens, but it was still an amazing event. I can't wait to see the whole thing. Uh, as I said before, though, this is the NXT Takeover Stand and Deliver preview. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna highlight night one and night two. Talk about all the matches and the storylines leading up to them, and uh, give some predictions on what we think is gonna happen. I don't really think we got much else to say. Uh, I've been paid, so my soul is happy. My bank account <laughs> is really undeterred. Still negative, but I mean negative one less dollar. So let's. Uh, what do you say we just jump right into it, Rob? You want to ring that bell? Ding, ding, ding. All right. So we're going to start off night one. Uh, according, I mean, basically, I think 
first match seems like a, a really good opener would be uh, Pete Dunn and Kushida uh, going to go one-on-one Wednesday night. They fought in the North American championship qualifying battle Royale insanity, which was its own monster, but I kind of like the way it worked out eliminated each other and they've been going back and forth about who's the best technical wrestler right now. And I think the argument could be made for both of them. So I'm really excited for this match. I think it's going to be a hell of an affair. I am a Pete Dunn fan or, or Stan, as the kids say, I am. I've, I've been taken with him ever since I heard Mauro Ronaldo describe him as everything Pete Dunn does hurts because it's true. Uh, Pete Dunn has not let me down. And he is sneaky funny, which is even better. See, now, uh, I, I love the sneaky funny part of him, but I don't like it as a heel. Without, like... Because uh, he doesn't pull off the arrogance of it. It's still just sneaky funny. Yeah, and, and it's, not, it's not quite as, like... It's not as comedic as The Way, because you can have a funny heel. Look at The Way. Look at the entire right. four squad of The Way. But, yeah, to your point, it, it's, it, it is cheeky. But it's just kind of not as it's not heel enough or comedic enough or brutal enough. It's it's going either way. I, however, uh, I'm a big Kushida guy. I think he has been mismanaged from the get go. I'm excited, and hopefully, there was just some outside issues that we were unaware of. That is why he kind of just fell behind uh, after his initial uh, intro into NXT, and and since obviously the COVID era began, certainly seems like he's turning a page. Uh, interesting that they both these men still aren't involved in the gauntlet eliminator uh, at uh, later on in night one. But at the same time, I'm glad just to see this match on the card. And I think, or I'd like to think, whoever comes out of this, the winner could end up uh, being the next contender for the North American Championship. Well, I have some bad news for you because I, I am doing a Rob Quinn famous guarantee. Oh, it's going to be Robbie Nobucks. Uh, I am guaranteeing you Pete Dunn wins this, and I will tell you why. Pete Dunn was the big loser because Karrion Cross came back early. Pete Dunn was supposed to have a longer program with Finn Balor. Instead, it was basically a one and done. They had a little build up to it, but it was one match and then it was done. And then Walter came back to take the take some shine on one side, and Karrion Cross came back on the other side. That left Pete Dunn, a man they were building up, a man without a country. So this is the make good for Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn defeats Kushida, and it's going to be a good one. They're going to give him a little extra time for this, too. I'll give it a saw. I, I, I want to disagree, and it's mainly because of my theory of the North American Championship being involved, because at this point, I don't see the North American Championship being on a face by the time Friday, Friday afternoon rolls around. I think a heel still holds it, whether that's Johnny Gargano or someone else remains to be seen, but I I think it's going to be Johnny. So I don't see if Pete Dunn ends up then challenging for the North American championship, he either needs to do a face turn or Johnny needs to do a face turn, which makes no sense in the current setup of the way. So I'm not really sure, but I, I just, I don't think so. I'm not going to throw the bet down on that just yet because there's so much more to talk about. It's way too early to make this the dollar gentleman's bet of the evening. 
I think there's a much better bet to be had later on. Well, that you I drunk with power. You refused to, to come in on it. All right. I, I can take, I can take both your dollars later, Robbie. No bucks. Um, <laughs> so, but okay. So but that's going to lead us into that. You, so you mentioned Walter and actually that's, that's going to be a great segue into this next match. And something that I have a problem with when it comes to this match, you've got Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT UK championship. For those unaware. Uh, let me give it actually, let me hit the backstory real quick. So, the reason this match came about is Timothy Thatcher gone missing. He's, he's a milk carton man. Now nobody knows where he's been. He's just kind of disappeared. Rumors would be abounding that Thatcher would be joining Imperium since he was a member of ring Kampf in the independence. So it's a, it's a logical booking decision. Originally I was under the impression that somehow Ciampa would be the one to join Imperium when it was all said and done. And maybe that still happens, but without Thatcher being as involved in this buildup, it's, it just doesn't seem like it's going to go that way. Because uh, also missing is Killian Dane. And they've been playing that up as well, where Killian Dane hasn't been seen and Drake Maverick's been looking for him. Ended up, I'm, I'm going to say, had a match, quote-unquote, with Walter, which was really just a, a whooping. Oof, um, boy, was it. Yeah. But what they've done with this match, for those unaware, and the reason I'm not really a big fan of it, if you're paying attention to NXT UK... Walter is set to fight Rampage Brown, which from uh, uh, progress, you know, if you've ever seen progress wrestling or any of that stuff, I mean, Rampage is basically top of the line heavyweight in, in the UK. And they already set a match about two, three weeks ago to fight Thursday afternoon on NXT, NXT UK prelude. That's the NXT UK takeover WrestleMania week match. So essentially, and they've been recording those in a studio in London ahead of time. Like they just like in a similar setup, they knock out weeks of shows in an afternoon, two days, something like that. So from a booking perspective, you've got Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa in Orlando, Florida on Wednesday night. And then Thursday afternoon, Walter versus Rampage Brown for the, for, for the United Kingdom Championship in London, England. Now, obviously, Walter's not making the trip on Wednesday. It's already been pre-recorded. My gut then tells me there's no way uh, Tommaso Ciampa's winning this match, but there's a solid chance that Rampage Brown ends up winning the UK championship on Thursday, ending Walter's reign, and giving Walter a chance to come to NXT then full-time. What they did with Rhea Ripley. Very similar, yes. Ripley came over here while she was... UK champion. Then Tony Storm had a minor cup of coffee, and then Ripley just stayed. So, and now, you know, she. I, I don't think Rhea Ripley had enough time in NXT. I think NXT benefited from her from her presence. Uh, now she's thrown into the mix on the main roster just because of you know. And I talked about it before. I think Charlotte's done. I think Charlotte's done, done, and she's the new Charlotte. Well, I think, uh, frankly, yeah, I, I other, think. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the match that she had with Charlotte last year for the NXT Women's Championship on the Grand Stage at Mania, I think just she impressed a lot of people backstage, especially in the COVID. Again, this is the COVID era. It, it's really hard to say. Like what, what you're talking about when she was the UK championship or the UK champion. Yeah, she was able to come to NXT. She could wrestle on NXT and then she could fly back to London do the recordings for because NXT UK has always recorded a couple episodes at a time. They've never been like a live week to week thing. They always record a couple at a time. So it made sense that she could fly back 
still defend the title there on three weeks worth of shows and then come back. Obviously you can't do that anymore because you've got to also then build in two weeks of quarantine time on each end, which is just, it's not impossible. So it really feels like being that they've already recorded these episodes, Walter may not be, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I just, I feel like, and I'll, I'll get, to, I'll come back to it later on at the, towards the end of the show uh, as to why I think that's the case. But I think Walter wins against Tommaso Ciampa pretty easily and some kind of Imperium shenanigans occur. And then he ends up losing the belt come Thursday uh, to Rampage Brown. I agree. Uh, so that'll bring us to just, again, this will come full circle later, but basically this next match is the six man gauntlet eliminator for the number one contendership for the North American championship. North and winner of that goes on to fight Johnny Gargano on night two. So you've got, Leon Ruff, Swerve Scott, who are in a feud together, Bronson Reed and L.A. Knight, who are be, who have been feuding together, Cameron Grimes, who's just incredible, Yeehaw. and Dexter Loomis, who already has the prerequisite set for a match against Johnny Gargano with the way and all the nonsense and the therapy sessions and all that all that glory that they've been doing um, with the way. I am torn between Loomis and LA Knight because LA Knight's coming in strong. Uh, unless someone costs him the match, and co- like I- I'm not sure, but I just I think LA Knight's coming in really strong. And, I'm shocked you said that. Everything I like is LA- pointing to Dexter Loomis. Everything I, is pointing to that. You and know I what? think, by the way, I think they are they are kind of shitting the bed a little bit on LA Knight. I I think he his first two appearances he came in. He was impressive. The guy's smooth on the mic, and then they don't know what to do with him. Or more importantly, they don't know where to put him. So I think they, the North American Championship seems like a great championship for him to hold right now because of what I believe is going to happen with the NXT Championship, which again, we'll get into later. The North American Championship is a belt that you can drop on him, and there is a laundry list of these mid-card faces, just even in this match alone. And if you take Pete Dunne and turn him face, or you take Kushida, because they've already fought Johnny Gargano you can you can have something there i understand that it doesn't really make much sense for la knight to fight johnny gargano in the face versus heel category because you're looking at a heel versus heel match even though the comedic heel that johnny gargano is being with the way always has an easy opportunity to turn face but at the same time he's also johnny takeover so he always ends up even even in his most heelish of events or heelish of times he's always come across as the face in a takeover because he's johnny fucking takeover I think LA Knight, the 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 odd booking of him with not winning the matches is because they don't think it's necessary because he is so damn good on the mic that he doesn't need to win the match because he can he can talk his way out of any loss. And I think that's something that is very much missing lately in NXT. I can see it being Dexter Loomis, but if it's Dexter Loomis, he won't win against Johnny. And that's because Again, if we're talking about Pete Dunn and Kushida, the winner going on to fight Dexter Loomis, unless Dexter Loomis is going to start talking, <laughs> like, I mean, really, like Pete Dunn is going to cut promos against Dexter Loomis, like the two biggest, biggest non-speakers. And then Kushida, like, I mean, it was something we talked about in our pre-show and I we mentioned last week on the AEW recap or last episode on the AEW recap uh, with Langston was that, Kushida being an international superstar, he doesn't have, you know, his, his 
his promos have to be more scripted. They can't be live and on the cuff. He's got to be doing the backstage vignettes because he's got to keep it simple. So right. I, I don't see it being, if it's Loomis, he's either got to start talking, which I don't think they're going to pull the trigger on, but who knows? I mean, they've been pulling the trigger on shit way too early this whole month. So who knows? Like on all brands, but I don't think it should be him trying to cut promos or do caricatures to he's better as this, he doesn't need a title. He's better as this creep who's chloroforming people and throwing him in trunks. It's where it's where he. I mean, it's where his bread is buttered. Like, put a tag team title on him, sure. You I know? missed my calling. You could you could definitely have a tag team a tag team with Loomis thrive because he doesn't need to be the mouthpiece, but he can still do all the creepy things and like he can be paired with a like. I mean, this obviously they're not. There's really nobody in NXT now that has that same creep factor. But you know, you you could you could figure out somebody where the two of them just kind of end up popping up and lurking around and stuff like that, and one of them is a mouthpiece, and and Loomis doesn't have to be. Well, Loom, Loomis's future is with Austin Theory. There's there's no way around that. Like that's they're gonna they're gonna. I would say that goes to SummerSlam. That's no. that's how confident I am in that. Yeah, I think there's going to be a face turn at one point. There's going to be a betrayal. It's going to go back and forth. That's because that's how you get Austin Theory, who is phenomenally talented. That's how you get him on his own away from the way. I think he sticks around with the way because he is uh, what he's been able to do with the way has been has been far more beneficial for him than without because. Johnny can do all the talking and he just has to be a lovable goof. Now it could lead, obviously. Yes. He is the one who is probably most destined to turn face out of the group and, and split from the group. But I just, I don't see it going all the way to summer. I don't see the program with Loomis going all the way to SummerSlam. I can see the uh, Austin theory sticking around with the way until SummerSlam, but the program with Loomis doesn't, doesn't go very far or doesn't go much further because they've already been doing it. The only thing missing from it is the actual Johnny Loomis clash. Mm. Okay. I'll take that. I mean, look, I mean, it could be like, like I'm saying it, it, Loomis and, and Johnny just haven't had the clash that they need to. They, they had the, you know, Kushida had two phenomenal matches with him and then Loomis and Loomis and Austin theory, as well as Indy Hartwell wanting to do her, you know, uh, or sorry, indie wrestling, uh, changing her name even on Twitter Still to indie wrestling. So great. Did I tell you what I hope her middle name is? By the way, it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful middle name. Um, you know, just like a, a beautiful necklace has a very nice pendant. So I want I want her middle name to be pendant. So she would be indie pendant wrestling. Fifteen minutes elapsed. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a dad joke, John. This has been my latest Twitter crusade. I have yet to get a response, but uh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. That's going to take us into the triple threat match for the now vacant tag team championships. You've got MSK, the winners of the Dusty Rhodes Classic, the grizzled young veterans. I always have to say it like that. There's no way around it. And uh, Legato del Fantasma. Uh, the titles were vacated after Danny Burch got injured versus Karrion Cross and Finn Balor. Unfortunately, big like labrum tear, so he's probably going to be on the show for a while, which sucks because I was really enjoying Birch and, and Lorcan, I mean, I love those. I love those guys. Love them. Love them. Granted, with the way this division is getting stacked, they weren't long for holding the gold. I'm still kind of mad that Brazongo 
not only lost the gold, but then just got forgotten about. Like they've just been sidelined. Uh, Tyler Breeze got the fight for the cruiserweight championship open, like, and, and accepted the open challenge, which is great. I mean, he had a great match with a uh, great match with uh, San, Santos Escobar, but you know, it, to, to what end? Like, I just, I hate the yeah. fact that they finally, they finally put the belts on these guys. They barely hold it for three weeks. And then, you know, now we're left, now we're left with them getting attacked. I don't think they've had a proper tag match in, in a while, at least that I've seen. So uh, I think though, in terms of this match, I, there's very little doubt that MSK doesn't walk away with these titles. They were the Dusty Rose Classic winner. They were clearly going to win against uh, Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. So I, I think MSK is just the clear winner in this one. Well, I think it's, it'll be nice to have a proper team. Right. Three, I, three, three proper teams, all, all, thing, yeah. all honest. I mean, three proper teams. And that's obviously that's a soapbox that, that I've, I've actually started to lay some foundation on when it comes we to We know. Okay. Okay, look, a little bit of, just because you don't understand wrestling and you don't know how to win a bet doesn't mean that you got to come. We're friends now, Rob. We can't fight like this. Not in front okay. of the children. Um, finally, uh, headlining night one, and I love the fact that this is headlining night one, Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez NXT Women's Championship match. Io actually being the one that made the challenge to Raquel uh, after which is actually the part of the storyline I hate after Raquel and Dakota lost, lost. And I'm using air quotes. Yeah, yeah, of course. The, uh, the NXT women's, the NXT women's tag team champions are championships. Uh, EO openly making the challenge because she recognizes that Raquel is the most dominant person on the brand right now. And they literally tore the house down Wednesday. I loved how many segments they had. And I mean, just the brutality that they're that they're leading into this match with. I'm I'm actually super stoked about it. I honestly I don't know. I in my head, like logic tells me that it's time it's a good time for Raquel to take the belt and for EO to drop it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they want to turn this into a couple matches. EO Shirai is the best thing on NXT. She is consistently great. Her entrances are good. She makes everybody she wrestles look better. Now, I don't say these words lightly because I know how great NXT has been consistently been all through the pandemic and before. But she is everything you want in a performer in that division. You're never going to be disappointed. You're never going to uh, sit and think, oh, man, you know, she she only got a, a 30 second match or some bullshit like that. She, and even if you do, she's going to have a 30-second match, but it's going to be entertaining. It's going to tell a story psychologically in the ring, which, as great as NXT is, they still lack that. It is still developmental. Well, the other- so she, she's been so consistently good. I think this and that uh, fatal gauntlet match is going to be the sleepers of the night, like the, the stealing of the show night. Personally, again... The triple threat tag team match, I think, is is going to be because uh, we talked about it. We talked about it at the uh, at, at Vengeance Day. Triple threat matches are sneaky, and the last triple threat tag team match I can think of was DIY, The Revival, and Authors of Pain. Or no, uh, it wasn't DIY. Uh, TM six one, like Shane Thorne and um, oh god, I forget the other guy's name. I, I'm so and, uh, I forgot about Shane Thorne. 
Right. Well, slapjack, slap nuts, uh, whatever it was, <laughs> but it was the three of them fighting for the dusty cup. It actually made, it actually was made, was TM61, Authors of Pain, and Undisputed Era that year. And then I'm thinking of a completely other match where it was DIY, Re- uh, Revival, and Authors of Pain. But regardless, the triple threat tag team matches for NXT always end up in the discussion for match of the year when it's all said and done. And, and with the, with the, the move sets and uh, cruiserweight ability of MSK and Legato, and then just the, the pure, pure wrestling style of grizzled young veterans. I think personally that one could be the one I'm not, I'm uh, with, with, uh, with all these matches on the card and not really knowing the time limit on it. I don't know if the gauntlet match could do it because the gauntlet match, the only time gauntlet matches have done anything for me was when like Kofi went an hour. Like the, okay, yeah. the lead of the Kofi Mania because there was so much emotion in that match that you didn't see coming, and you're not well, going to the first like, one with with Seth as well. That that first that the was first amazing. Was, the first one was Seth, and because he's a, I mean, again, like if you have a guy that can go that long in these matches, it's great. And obviously, this card doesn't have it in terms of like somebody who can go that long and have that kind of emotional factor attached to it because like. Loomis could go that long, but he'd just be a creep standing in the corner and choking people out and then moving on. Like, like I said, it's really hard for me to ever have a gauntlet match better than the lead up to Kofi mania with the, when, when Kofi finally just breaks down and Kofi mania officially is born. Like that yeah. moment to me is just that, that is one that will always stand the test of time uh, when it comes to wrestling for me uh, in terms of, and, and like we talked about in terms of the NXT women's championship match, the interesting thing for me is the influx of new blood you you had most of them introduced during the nxt women the women's dusty classic but you've got the, uh, this uh zoe starks who's already been shot out of a cannon and has been inserted into this mat into matches with io shirai and then tag team matches with her as well so she's already been skyrocketed as somebody who's got great talent and ability and they want to see more of You've got Taya Valkyrie, who has been signed, but still hasn't actually made her debut. And it, frankly, it could happen after this because size-wise, she would be good competition for Raquel Gonzalez or Io Shirai, but she would just be, you know, not Raquel Gonzalez. I don't know, frankly, if uh, Tegan Knox. I don't know if, how her knee is doing. I, I forget if she's due to come back anytime soon because I feel like she got injured right around the time of Chris Statlander. If Chris Statlander just came back a couple weeks uh, last week. So I think the door is open right now for the women's division in NXT to explode. And I think that because there was, there's, uh, there's well, other talent that I'm not even mentioning, mainly because I think, I I think therein lies the problem. Because there's too because many. There's too many. Like Dakota Kai and, and Tegan Knox, they, they're, they're great. They are. They're, they're very good. They're good performers. They're never going to get the airtime they need. It's They're never going to get the airtime they need until you introduce a women's tag team championship match to that specific brand. Despite the fact that you had women's tag team champions on your main brand that were supposed to be defended across all brands and you had the easiest story in the bleeping world and you decided against it to create new belts. Yep. But, Doesn't make any sense at all. No. Um, that, was the, that was the best, most unique thing that company has done, I got to say, in almost 10 years. I'm not going to say in 10 years, but it definitely, definitely recently, it's the most unique thing in terms of it was the one thing that could openly transfer brands and it could do its own thing and it could, it could, it could meld between the three brands. Now, I don't know 
if the Fox partnership ended up having anything to do with that or not. But when you had Adam Pierce cause the drama in that match to where Raquel and Dakota don't win and you don't do a rubber match. And they said that they didn't do it because they already had the tag team. I mean, the, the rumors are, and the, the dirt sheets are saying the reason that happened is because they had the NXT women's tag team championships planned for the dusty cup, but they weren't going to be ready in time. So they, (laughs) so they tease the fact that it would be the, the main roster. And I feel like they just, they ended up just then dropping the ball on a great story for the main roster, because frankly the, the main roster tag team situation is just ridiculous. And I understand that, like, it doesn't help the matter, but I, I don't know. The, the whole, with, that, with the exception of SmackDown Women's Championship, the rest of the women's division, no matter what the situation on the main, on the main two, is just a disaster. Or Alexa, and Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss, I will say, is, is clearly on a course. But the rest... But she's of- not part of the women's division anymore. Like let's let's. She, she's not. She's not way. yet. She's not yet. But I guarantee you, after su- after Sunday, and I, I'll get into this in our WrestleMania preview. But after Sunday, Alexa Bliss makes it a return to the women's division, and I'll tell you why. So you you would agree with me when Natalia finally hold, hangs it up. She's a first ballot Hall of Fame. Easily. Okay. Natalia got a three minute match, and she didn't look good in it. The the hashtag of give divas a chance of six years ago, whatever it was, was based on that very same thing. That one of the, one of the divas at the time had a three minute match and that was the only representation on the show. Yeah, but it was AJ. Well, I'm sorry. It was AJ. What do you mean? It was either AJ Lee or page. Like it was one of like, that was the diva. That was the diva that got, that was the diva that got shafted and, and arguably like, again, I thought you meant AJ Styles. No, okay. What did I miss? We could we could go on a we can go on an entirely different tangent when it comes to the the difference between what the Divas division was. That's why I think Natalia is a first ballot Hall of Famer, not just because of her name, but because of the fact that she was also one of those women that was a that bridged the Divas era to the women's era that we have now, and was credible in both. So again, just to bring this back to NXT, we have all of these talented women. And you have, you have a bunch of talented women on the main roster that sit in catering week after week. Yeah. You know, Peyton Royce cut the promo of her life a couple weeks ago. And she had a great, and then she had a great show against, against Asuka. And now, you know, and now again, her tag team part, her ex tag team partner, Billy Kay, like, unless they, unless they bring the Iconics back on, on during WrestleMania, but look, Sean, find me a performer anywhere, not just in wrestling, anywhere. Find me a performer that does more with less than Billy Kay. I can't. Billy Kay. But you know what? She, but you know gold. what? As much as I would love to talk about Billy Kay, she's not on NXT. And tonight, okay. I'm sorry. On this episode, we are focusing on NXT. I, if we can spend, when we have to record a last minute WrestleMania preview Saturday morning, because it's the only chance that we'll have to record it. I'll give the full 60 to Billy Kay. She, I read her resume. She is well worth it, but oh, we she just, give you one too. We just can't, we just can't do it right this second because we still got to talk about night two for the NXT takeover stand and deliver. 
uh, because that's where a lot of the, I mean, that's where a lot of the big things are going to happen, obviously, but at the same time, NXT tomorrow, NXT night two is going to shape the future of the brand for the, obviously the next, the next couple months. And it's going to start with the same tag team championships that we've just been bitching about the NXT women's tag team championships, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart taken on the way Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell wrestling herself. I, again, I don't understand why you officially quote unquote bestowed the belts onto Raquel and Dakota only to have them lose them after literally the rain, their reign lasted three minutes before they defended them for the first time. I mean, if you want to even call it that. So I, I think it's more of an honor to have won the first ever women's dusty cup than to have held those titles for a total of three minutes. Well, man, listen, Ember Moon deserves so much better than her time in this company has given her. And Agreed. Shotzi Blackheart is the little engine that could. If when she first when she first came to NXT, I was like, oh, "What am I going to do with Tank Girl wannabe?" I have come to love her. I'm the love exact her, opposite. I'm the exact opposite. I got to disagree with you. I don't see it. I don't. I, I don't know if I'm. Just, I don't know if I'm just missing something in the performance or the matches. I, I think she's. I think she's solid, but the character, the howling. I just don't I, like the, the the tank is fun and the whole like the the new Nerf gun thing is is great and has led to some great spots. I mean, <laughs> the way that she managed to pinpoint the middle rope instead of shooting Indy was just clutch. I, and obviously not on purpose, but at the same time, like damn, like that's some pinpoint accuracy on that thing. But I just don't I don't get the character. There's there hasn't been enough of a outside of when she was setting up for war games that was there enough of a backstory for me to actually give a shit. Shotzi and Ember perfectly complement one another. Neither one of them would be doing as well without the other. Ember could be. They just didn't know they don't know how. Ember's time as a singles competitor in NXT has passed her. Because there there's nowhere to put her. There's nowhere to do. She can't be a face. She can't be a heel. She's great as a, as a team partner in a crazy tag team. I think what messed up, I think what messed it up for Amber was the fact that it was so, and this goes, this kind of lends itself towards the fact that the NXT men's and women's championships look so similar was when they were cutting that promo and they were doing this elusive, like mask character breaking in to get back the championship that was theirs kind of thing. They never, officially went this is a guy or this is a girl or this is a man or a woman and i think that hurt ember in the long run because all of the rumors would be that this is a man and all of the rumors of who it could be the list of names on that were were names that people are dying to see come back to nxt or rename like rebrand themselves in nxt and everybody just figured that ember would go back to main roster when she got done ember wasn't really on the list of people to drop down to nxt because there was no reason to her. There was no reason to. But now that it was her, I, I just think as great as it is to see her back, I just don't think they got the reaction that they wanted with the with that reveal. And I think that's why she, that's why she went to the tag team tie. I think that's why she ended up drifting to the tag team. Because again, this is one of those moments that this is one of those moments that you appreciate and that I do appreciate. But Ember and Shotzi were slapped together and they built something out of it starting with war games and extending through that. And that's great. But again, I don't think this was obviously like an original plan. And it's just, a, it's a, it's a, it's a plan of happenstance. Which is fine. I'll take that. I'll, I'll take when people take chicken shit and make chicken salad out of it because yeah. the, you know, neither one of them were going to go anywhere. 
in my opinion. You know, the, Shotzi is another one. She's crazy. She's loony. She's all this other stuff. Where are you going to put her? She's a better spoken Nikki Cross when Nikki Cross was in NXT. But having her with the war goddess, now you have something. You have the wild card in Shotzi and you have the the, the bruiser sort of technical wrestler, if you can be both, with Ember. And, and I like that pairing with Candice and Indy at that point. I also don't see how Indy and Candice win this, but that's that's just me. Exact opposite. This is the clear opportunity for Indy and Candice to win it. Then what do you do with Ember and Shotzi? I don't. That's not up to me. I'm just talking but about these, I'm talking about these titles in general. You get you get you hate these titles. I hate these titles, and I told you why. And it's more because I think there was just such an opportunity to elevate NXT or create an interesting story with the women's tag team titles. But I can, I can understand why after seeing the build up to mania as to why they would want to keep NXT their own thing, just because there's so many, again, just like we talked about, there's so many women just sitting and catering and being wasted because you've got, and, and this is my problem with the NXT women's tag team championships. You got them on two people that got slapped together that are not doing anything really together They've always been two singles wrestlers who are trying to one-up each other, always ended up winning the belt. They still don't even have a cohesive entrance. They come out to two different entrance songs. I always hate that. If you're and a team, on, be a team. If you're a team, be a team. But on top of this, it just goes to show, what have they had the last month? What has their booking been? And I know I keep saying we're not going to talk about things outside of NXT, but here we are. It's been it's been <laughs> the women's tag team champions, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, competing against the women's champion of brand raw brand smackdown and a challenger of their choosing it was will be their and, opponent it was, it was Rhea and Asuka on monday it was sasha and ba- uh, sasha and bianca three times prior to that like why you've got as as we saw there are women rushing the ring they're going to have a tag team turmoil slash gauntlet match at mania just to make sure they can fit all these people in because it's just garbage that they're not actually focusing on tag teams. They're tag team championships. All right. Well, the, as a company, they're not big on tag teams. They used all to be. The great ta- all the great tag teams of the last bunch of years have come from NXT. The Ascension. Alpha. Um, Alpha Academy. Alpha, what was it? Yeah, no, Alpha, not, Alpha, Alpha, Alpha. not Alpha Academy. American Alphas. American Alpha, that's right. Um, the Revival. Like, one of the... The, uh, well, I'm it, on it. the revival di i mean revival, the, uh, DIY, diy team six one undisputed era when the revival came out they openly said that they wanted to bring back tag team wrestling and obviously wwe never wanted to that's why they would jump to AEW. i just i, I okay back to back to why i think though it, the way has to win this match the, the reason the way wins this match is because it sets you up for i think an amazing opportunity and this could be what splits Austin from the rest of the group or sets up for some of my, some, what I would love. Again, I'm going to do some fantasy booking here into what I would love to see. You've got the way is the women's tag team championships. You've got Johnny retaining the North American championship. So of the four members of the way, three of them hold titles. Austin theory doesn't. So what does Johnny Gargano do to make Austin theory feel better? He gives him a toy title or a fake title. Like he creates a title just to make Austin Theory feel good about himself. Almost like the FTW title for Team Taz, but that's a whole another story. But he gives him, and it, and it's, I want it to look like a toy. 
Like I want it to look cartoonish. Hey, you're, look you're like fantasy booking. I'll I'll do you one just as good. Fantasy booking. Have them show up on Raw. And Austin Theory takes the twenty four seven championship. And now you have our truth and Austin Theory chasing each other back and forth across two brands. Looking, um, I mean, how great would that be? I think they killed the twenty four seven championship. Have they? Well, I haven't. I, mean, I think they might have killed our truth. We haven't seen him in forever. Because we haven't seen the twenty four seven championship. I haven't seen it in two weeks. I mean, granted, Mania can be a completely different story, but the fact that they didn't even have one thirty second segment about the twenty four seven championship on on Raw. I think it's telling. Uh, regardless, though, like I said, I think you give Austin Theory like a fake title. He's walking around just like the therapy. That's brilliant. And all this stuff. Like he's, he's walking brilliant. around thinking he's a champion too. He's trying to defend it. And Regal's like, no, this isn't a real belt. And like this, this could be how he starts to kind of drift away for an eventual Austin Theory versus Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship. But, I mean, that's that's the end game. Oh, it's it's, 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 def- it's definitely the end game. But like I said, I think I think Austin Theory is benefiting from being in the way, and I think it's definitely helping his character and promo skills because coming in is just the cocky, like I'm the strongest, I'm the prettiest kind of bullshit was clearly not working for him. And what he's getting to do now is is a whole different animal. It fits him better, much better. Uh, all right, all right. Let's 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 try and let's try and bring it back on track. So basically. We already th- we already talked about the the win- uh, the North American Championship match. The Gargano's fighting the the winner. I think Gargano's going to retain no matter who it is. Um, um, again, unless LA Knight, he's the only person that he's the only other person I can see leaving Takeover with the championship. It's either Gargano or LA Knight. I, I think I think the future of LA Knight is to have his own stable, okay, his own faction. Okay, uh, I think that's where they're going to position him at some point. I mean, I love. I'd love to. See, I'd love to see it. Where you know, he's okay. he's entirely too good and charismatic on camera to waste him. He would have been really good in the McAfee role. He could have really been better suited to yes. to, to keep that faction together. Unfortunately, now due to injuries and and changes and stuff, that's not going to happen. But he definitely could have been the guy to fulfill that void and basically be the the McAfee character, just with an actual wrestling background and 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 all that. Or team him with Malcolm Bivens. Have him, have him be the Matt I told you, I want, at this point, if Keith Lee is coming back, you, you break the internet and you put Malcolm Bivens with Keith Lee and turn Keith Lee heel. It's the easy, you have to turn him heel. Uh, the, you know my theory it's the easy story. And it's His the whole thing is, is heel. Because Bivens, Bivens on Twitter right now is also... Sorry, hold on. Real quick. Bivens on Twitter must follow. If you're not following him already, follow him. Because he, he is a must follow. He is currently doing... Uh, he is trying to find Walter on 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 Twitter, like in these little ten second clips. He's only on episode two, but he's he's a must follow. The problem with looking for Walter is you might find him. Again, I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna spoil the second. I mean, I'm not a spoiler guy. So even though they're only thirty seconds and there's only two of them, I'm not spoiling the. Uh, I'm not spoiling what what's on Twitter right now for him. What I am gonna do though is I'm gonna push us to what I think is gonna be one of the best matches with the most unnecessary gimmick, ironically enough, Jordan Devlin and Santos Escobar in the NXT. I Championship. cannot wait for this match. I don't think it needs ladders. I can understand I why they want to do it. Cause it's a cruiserweight match and Michael's got to have that spot. There was no reason for this match to have ladders. Cause the two of them could have put on a clinic, but I'm still excited for the ladders part of it. I'm just, the match in general. This is something that I, this is the one part of booking that when, COVID happened and they had this cruiserweight championship 
tournament back when Drake Maverick like came back and then Devlin was doing his thing and NXT UK was able to come back. They didn't talk about it for so long. And I got concerned that they were literally going to split the cruiserweight title into the NXT UK cruiserweight title and the NXT cruiserweight title. But the fact that they're bringing it back around, I am super excited for, and I honestly can't wait to see what happens in this match. I really want to see Devlin take it. I think he has to. You, you can't, you can't lose your spot. I don't know if he way. has to, because I, I, I want to see Devlin take it, but I can also see Devlin with the way that they're booking NXT UK. He is like, they're not as concerned about size there. He is someone who could still challenge. He, he literally fought Dave Mastiff, the bomber, Dave Mastiff and, and said he didn't even qualify for three Oh five live and handled him in a match like it was a bona fide fantastic match devlin came away with the victory even hitting the devil inside like pull in saito suplex which he which i'm glad they're letting him keep because carrying crosses does not look nearly as hard as devlin's but devlin then in in taking this sorry just to to finish finish my thought devlin with that could challenge for the NXT UK championship a la Finn Balor when the size and everything and can still contend with these massive heavyweights. And I think they can still make him the face of that company. So I, that's why I don't think he would retain because I think he's destined for bigger things back in the UK. See, I, I think he's destined for bigger things here. And the reason I think he's destined for bigger things, you get Jordan Devlin here, it's only a matter of time before we get my beyond favorite of the last couple of years, the big strong boy himself, Tyler Bate, the Bates coming to heat, coming to America to challenge Jordan Dev. It's only like, if you think about it, every big star NXT UK has ever had eventually migrates here. It's just, it's just how it is. Every single one of them have, have come here. I think he started to, but I think, again, I think COVID. COVID him- killed it. So not, not just killed it, but like he put a wrench in it because like governmental like visa issues and shit. Like that's yes, what really killed it. Absolutely. But now his partner, uh, which I'm um, Trent Seven, yeah, is very hurt. He's very what? He's very hurt. Is he? Yeah, last I heard he was very hurt. No, he just he just lost 30 pounds to fight for the cruiserweight championship. Well, then I'll shut my whore mouth because I, mean, I, I understood that he was he was hurt, but okay, even better. Because I like Trent Seven. I like them as a team. Yeah, no, he did, he did He did. this amazing, again, like if, if you have some time before all this nonsense starts or, or if you're looking for something to watch, NXT UK the last couple of weeks, he did like a full Rocky montage, like with hearts on hearts on fire and everything, like running up, <laughs> he, like to show that he was losing the weight. And I mean, like he looks good. I mean, he's trimmed the bleep down, man. And it was a great- hey, man, I will take Mustache Mountain in America. I will take, take Mustache Mountain in America too. I just, again, like- we're, we're talking about a tag team division it's really starting to get muddled. And, and I'm just, I, I'm at this point, I'm just concerned with anybody being brought in, like, because their current programs and current brands I like, and with the NXT stuff, especially like when it's being run by triple H and, and Michaels and, and possibly road dog, like I'm liking the booking decisions that are happening for the most part in those. And then obviously they make that transition and we have, you know, we lose Alistair black, we lose Andrade, He's gone, gone. Alistair Black is never coming back. I'm, I'm still against that, but that's, that's our, that's our, that's actually that dollar gentleman's bet is still on the table. Uh, it's just yet to, it's yet to come to fruition either way yet. So until, until when, we when it's our, official, I'll drive to Pennsylvania 
to get my dollar. And we will live stream that. I, I want that in a frame. I mean, but Jordan, Jordan, that'd be great. You can, you can drive down here to hand me my dollar. <laughs> uh, Jordan Devlin to me is, is a star in the making, not just an up and coming star, you know, the future of the franchise. He is a star star in much the same way Finn Balor was. They're cut from the same, they're from the same town. They're yeah, cut no, from the I same mean, cloth. They have the same type of working style. It's stiff, but it's stiff, but not reckless. So yeah. therefore believable. I think, uh, tell me you wouldn't love to see Jordan Devlin and Karrion Cross at some point. I, I, I can't, but I, I don't think we will. So let's, let's try and get to there. Uh, but first we got to stop with what I think arguably, not even arguably, I mean, in my opinion, easily will be the match of NXT stand and deliver both nights. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, unsanctioned. I think it's going to be, I mean, just the matches that they put on in ROH in New Japan, anywhere else in the world, and they weren't, I mean, this before when they're still green or just not as in tune with their characters as they are in NXT, this thing is going to be incredible. How do you follow that? That's the thing. How do you follow that? You follow it, honestly, you follow you follow it with the demon. 15 minutes remain. Oh, you think you're going to get the demon? I think we are, and I, and and uh, I'll get into that in a second. Let's finish up with Adam Cole and Kyler Raleigh. I mean, frankly, I don't really care who comes out on top because it's both going to be incredible. I don't know if Adam Cole that is destined for the main roster. I, I think at this point it might be time to pull the trigger, but again, I'm scared. I don't want anything to happen to a guy that nope. I enjoy so much. Keep him, keep him where he is. The, the time for Adam Cole to come up, was when DX was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Because the next night on Raw, when DX was out there, Undisputed Era should have shown up, beaten them down, and taken their Hall of Fame rings. But what if, I mean, what if it's Adam Cole coming up to start a new stable in WWE and pull, they, maybe, maybe that's why- They don't Keith, do stables maybe, anymore. But maybe that's where Keith, I mean, well, look, the Hurt Business happened, happened, but maybe that's where Keith Lee and Aleister Black and all these guys can go. It's it's Adam Cole starting an NXT, an, uh, a new Nexus almost, where it's these- Oh, NXT. you mean Retribution? I don't want to talk about Retribution because okay. again, completely mishandled. But I mean, maybe, maybe Adam Cole becomes the new leader of Retribution, but lets them be themselves like we talked about. I don't know. I, again, I, I don't know who really, I don't, I don't know who takes this. Out. I think it would be Adam Cole- I could see it being Kyle because he gets that he gets that nice push. I feel like Roddy and possibly Bobby Fish get involved to some level. I don't know how. I don't know if Bobby Fish is even cleared, but uh, regardless, I think it's it's going to be it's just going to be incredible. It's going to be Gargano and Ciampa all over again. Yeah. And and this isn't the end of it either by the way. I I think this is going to roll for a while. It could. I mean, you could end up, we could end up basically like we had always talked about with the shield with like a triple threat between the shield that never really happened, but you can end up with a fatal four way of all members of undisputed era fighting for yeah. a final. Who knows? Uh, speaking of the title though, let's get there now. So how do you follow that up? I feel like you followed up with the demon fighting carrying cross. The reason it's the demon is because Finn Balor has to, in my eyes, walk away with the title in this match. You seem pretty convinced he's had it a while. He's had it a while, but here, uh, do you, I mean, do you want me to go into my my argument as to why, or do you want to do you want to put your thoughts in? I forget. Is the demon undefeated, or didn't uh, demon Joe? No, Joe. I think beat him, didn't he? No. 
In NXT, I'm talking about. Uh, I would have to look it up. I was fairly certain the team. Maybe I mean maybe maybe the steel cage match. I honestly don't remember off the top of my head. I mean that's that's a shame because the demon should have remained. Could have been undefeated easily. Yeah, if that if that is the case. But regardless, I yeah I, I'm I'm fairly certain. Well, I'm I'm a big fan of dark characters. I always have been. I liked. I'm I'm like the one guy that may have liked Malachi. I, I even was excited for seven when Dustin Rhodes was, was going to pull that off. I, I, I'm a fan of that thing. I think there always needs to be at least one I'm fine with too. By the way, just a quick aside. Have you, did you get a good look at the fiend when, when he was up? Yeah. That is not Bray Wyatt. You think it's Bo? That was Bo Dallas. There's no doubt in my mind. He was shorter and thinner, a lot thinner. Okay. I would look. What else? What else is what else are they going to do with Buck? So, I'd have to, you know what? I, it, it's it's going to make me go back and take another look at it. But you know, you know what? You know what? Bray Wyatt is on Raw. Talking NXT. Stop trying to derail my train. No, it, it, was, it was just just an aside. Okay. Because I think that's how you get the fiend and Bray Wyatt in, in the same place at the same time, Batman style. Uh, if Finn Balor shows I up, I don't hate it. But save demon, it. Save it for Saturday. I don't know. If Finn Balor shows up at the Demon, he I agree with you. He has to win. Now, my argument there is he does not show up as the demon. And he loses to Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross being the TikTok, I'm dark. I've got the hottest woman in the history of WWE coming in with me. And we're gonna we're gonna be weird and creepy, Tim Burton style. And I think the only thing that beats him is the resurrection of the demon. See, to me, the only thing that beats him is is, is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Oh, you think he's getting pulled up? You just ex- you everything you just said is the exact reason why I think that would be the case. He's got a hot blonde attached to his hip who can cut a promo and be the valet and be the manager. He's big, he's muscular. I mean, he's, his his work in the ring is is good. Uh, we've yet to see anything truly great with him, but we also haven't really seen a true competitor with him outside of the Keith Lee match. Even Donna Dijakovic again two guys of that size, it's it's not always as easy as Keith Lee and Dijak made it. The other reason that I feel like it's Finn taking this is because they are finally going to finish what they started a little over a year ago. Walter's here for a reason. Walter sends his regards. If my theory is correct, they started teasing this last year before COVID hit. They did. Finn returned to NXT UK. He made the appearance and he started talking. He started talking shit on Walter, and now here we are. You're 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 in your head. You're not remembering it. You're not thinking about it. The casual. Oh no no! As soon as you said it, I remembered how the casual the casual the casual fan though the casual person who's not even the other one isn't watching NXT UK. Whatever the case may be, and as I've already as I already talked about when we were talking about night one, the way that they're setting up this booking. If, if, I mean, I'll, we'll know Thursday afternoon because NXT UK Prelude, I think is airing at like three or four in the afternoon. So that would be, wait, I love afternoon wrestling. That'll be on uh, Peacock or whatever. That'll be on before NXT stand and deliver. So whatever happens there, if Rampage Brown wins that title, Finn Balor wins that title. And I will, I would put a dollar on it because then you're setting yourself up for Walter and Finn Balor in the story that never was 
that they started last year because that that story needs a title. Yes, with those people, yes. And they could figure out whatever way they need to go from there, but then it shows Finn Balor as this giant killer. He can lose a match as Finn, and then the demon can be resurrected again if need be. If Does the demon show up or not? I don't know. Just in my head, the only way, because this, this has the potential otherwise to be the triple threat match at WrestleMania 25. You know, it's a good thing. It is a good thing that the, the Fed records everything all the time. Yes. Their archives are amazing. So it is an easy story to tell going back a year ago when they were still fans, when Eichner and Wolf showed up uh, outside of Finn's match. And all they said was Walter sends his regards. And then they just kept, they never spoke to him again. And they just kept showing up. And then who's the third? I forget the third guy. What's his name? Fabian Eichner? No, Eichner and Wolf were the first two. Who was Marcel, the Marcel Martel. Marcel Martel. Then he showed up. So it was sort of like they were putting the, the pieces together one by one. And so the only one that they, they were waiting for was Walter to come. And then it never happened because it was right at the start of COVID. Well, and also, so, though, you, you've now you've now got the opportunity to add either Thatcher, Ciampa, or Killian Dane. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? But that, that could start becoming a force in NXT. I, lo- I looked it up, that, uh, and I actually I was right on both accounts. It was two matches. The immediate follow was John Cena, Big Show, and Edge in a triple threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship. The official main event of WrestleMania 25 was Triple H versus Randy Orton for the uh, WWE Championship. The crowd had nothing left for either of those matches because both of them was preceded by the 30-minute affair known as Michael's Undertaker round one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Being in that crowd and and just the pure insanity between when Taker almost kills himself diving out of the ring onto the cameraman (laughs) and, like, from our angle, from my angle, it looked like he was dead. It looked like he went face first into the ground from the ring. He basically did. The problem is without the demon in this main event, even though this, the, even though it's a it's a crowd of forty people or a virtual crowd from home, I just think the air could just be lost and sucked out of a room where the demon doesn't make a surprise appearance with the emotion and brutality that we could be seeing in Adam and Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. You so, need something to pop them, so. You need something to pop and you need something to bring everybody back in because Karrion Cross's entrance isn't it. Uh, Finn Balor's normal entrance. Uh, Finn is a regular wrestler, isn't it? And and I just, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, like I said, the, the, long, the long con here, as I'm going to put it, <laughs> Walter's going to win, then lose. And then you need something for Walter to do. And Karrion Cross has already—he's already had that tease with Edge. He's already had that one-on-one encounter backstage with Edge. I—I I, I think, again, hot blonde attached to his hip. Vincent Kennedy McMahon still calling the shots up on the main roster. That's why Damian Priest got pulled up so quick. Like he's a big dude. He's a big dude with a Latin background, so the Latin market was covered. Five uh, minutes you've for got me. Karrion Cross. He's a big dude with a hot blonde on his side who doesn't have to be in the women's division. Like she's one of the few, like, I mean, that was part of the reason that, uh, you know, uh, Thea Trinidad slash Selena Vega had a, had a problem at first. Like she wanted to be more of the wrestler. She didn't want to be a valet the whole time. She wanted to actually be a wrestler, but again, it's so muddled up there. You've got a woman that you can bring in who could wrestle if eventually you need her to, but frankly, like she could take a bump. 
She could take a bump in heels on the side of the ring, but she can also be a mouthpiece. She can be a sex symbol and she can do all of that. On- well, she's a worker. She can, she can. I know she can. I've seen her, I've seen her wrestle. I've seen her live. Like I've seen her put on a match and I know she can, she can carry her own and hopefully she gets the opportunity to do so down the line. But I'm just saying for right now and the here and now, the way Karrion Cross is built and perceived and the character that they developed for him in a very short amount of time on NXT, that just screams a Vince McMahon hard on if I've ever seen one. You, you know, I, I can make the argument that he can be a more successful version of Aleister Black because he has one thing Aleister Black did not. Size? No, no, Aleister Black was a big guy. Um, the, the problem with Aleister Black was everything was credible and looked good. His entrance was good. His work rate was good. His moves were great. The problem is that guy, you should never, ever, ever let him talk because he's this, this imposing you know tattooed killer i'm gonna come here and i'm gonna do like no no that's why brock lesnar has has Heyman. in my head i've never heard i've never heard dexter loomis talking or sam shaw whatever however you want i've never it's definitely mickey mouse i refuse to watch any of it because i really do like there's a part of me that thinks when he finally does speak it's going to be i'm dexter loomis and i'm gonna get you (laughs) like in my head how you doing how you doing, everybody? Ho ho! Like I just, I and I, I. Part of me thinks that they might do that for the gag because of the guys running that show. But regardless, that's why I'm just like this dude's not going to talk for a while. And when he finally does, like, I don't know if it's going to be as menacing as I expect. Listen, Carrion Cross has that voice. He does, yeah, he, but he also doesn't need it. And that's where I think they again, like, the ball was dropped with Alistair Black. Alistair Black in NXT only spoke when needed. And in WWE, they tried to make him be the instigator with his speaking. Not that he couldn't, like with the, you know, I just want somebody to knock. But it's kind of the Cesaro effect. Like Cesaro, again, doesn't need to be one who speaks. He should be one who reacts. And that's what's working so well in his storyline with Seth. He's the one just reacting, not attacking. And they and and Karrion doesn't need to do that because you've got the creepiness of Scarlet to handle that for him. Whether it's the tarot cards well, I mean, I think at this point, though, they just need to decide. Is it the Hitman gimmick or is it the tarot cards? Like, pick one. I want to really go with the tarot cards. To go with the tarot cards. I, the think, yeah, I, think, I think the tarot cards is unique. I think the tarot cards is the way to go. And he's just this brute, basically like this golem that she's, you know, she's creating. Which which I love. And the best part about Karen Quest is he does not need her. He's great with her. But if she's not there, he's more than capable of carrying it on his own. He's more than capable of carrying it on his own, but I don't think he's he's going to naturally be in the in the position that he's in. He's not gonna he's not gonna skyrocket like he is, because she is a huge focus of she is a huge reason that he because he doesn't have to be on camera all the time to still get his point across. I mean, look, I, I, that I mean that wraps the card. I'm not really sure how much else we need to we need to touch base on. Um, if you want to just call it a gentleman's draw here, <laughs> no, I'm gonna want my money. I'm just saying, no, I'm saying today's episode, like make this episode a draw. I always end up tapping out or giving up. You know what? I feel like I've made some real good points in this one. I don't want to give up, but at the same time, we're getting close to the wire here. So, I mean, if we're not going to, if we're not going to call it, I think it's just a gentleman's agreement that we've, uh, we've, one minute we've hey, I've been accused of a great many things in this life. Inarticulate ain't one of them. So I, I could, I could just keep going all night long, but I agree. Otherwise we start talking about other shows. All right. Virtual handshake. Well, yeah, I mean, look, as we as we spoke about during the the course of this episode, I think we've got a really great two night event here set up. 
in my personally, I hope this is the only, these are the only two night events that we end up seeing in the history of WWE, just because I normally am at WrestleMania. I normally make it a pilgrimage every year. It's the one vacation I take is to go to mania every year. I'm not doing it this year because of COVID and uh, Corona, but I don't want to have to worry about two tickets and a full week of events. Like I liked uh, takeover on Saturday, mania on Sunday, raw after on, on Monday and then flying home Tuesday. I I'm that's more my jam. Uh, I want that, you know, come next year. I think LA is still, it's LA. It's LA next year, right? Yeah. Yeah. LA then Dallas. So come LA next year, you know, I want to be able to go out there on a fly out on a Thursday, hang out with some friends on Friday, maybe do SmackDown if I feel like it, but probably not NXT. That's a lot. (laughs) NXT at the Staples center. Inglewood for the pay-per-view because that's that's what it's come down to i mean when you do you know not not everybody has the chops for it and especially like we did uh when we were at 35 in metlife it was great to go to nxt because nxt was fantastic that year that was gargano versus cole uh two out of three falls for the championship that gargano finally won and it was incredible to be in the building for that but then you moved on to wrestlemania and it was a wrestlemania that started at five and ended at one in the morning with all the masks and it was, I mean, it was, it was, look, it was a lot of fun and it was, but it was kind of cold and started to get rainy towards the end, but it was just a lot. And, and I understand that's, what's great about having it two nights. Frankly, last year though, when they had it as two nights, they, I mean, both nights combined only hit like four and a half hours. I, I am a believer that if you're going to make this a spectacle, the way they want to be here, here's the problem. We'll talk about this in the WrestleMania podcast, but, my, my problem with the current product is there is nothing unique about WrestleMania this year at all. It is, it is barely good enough to be a fast lane. It is a jumped up Monday night raw is what they're doing with the exception of reigns edge and Daniel Bryan. There, there's nothing unique about like they have lost the ability to make it something special. And I'm a big fan of making it a two night event. And, you know, obviously intersperse both brands across both days because let's face it, no one's going to watch the Raw of WrestleMania. I think uh, at least at least not now. But I think I think the issue with that, and this is something that we kind of talked about in a previous episodes, is the fact that part of the reason WrestleMania used to be special is because there was a buildup that started the last week of January and got to WrestleMania. Oh, no, no, no. I disagree with you completely. The the first 10. 10 to 13 WrestleManias, the buildup for WrestleMania started at SummerSlam. Oh, well, okay. Sometimes, sometimes before. I, well, I get that. I mean, yes. And they've done the, you know, even, even recently as 27, they did the, the, the one year challenge basically where the rock challenged John Cena the night after WrestleMania for a match a yes. year later and all that stuff. But we're, we're, we're saying the same thing. We're just saying it in different lengths. The problem is the only storyline that is actually that started at, at Royal Rumble and has pushed through to WrestleMania is, as you said, Edge Orton, Edge uh, Reigns, and Daniel Bryan, because even like the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt one's just been a little bit too all over the place, and they haven't officially—I don't know if they officially made it a Funhouse match, because if it's not, I have flashbacks to WrestleMania 33 in Orlando where they tried to make a funhouse match like live and all it was was like from our seats being live in the arena was they tried to 
project like worms and shit or like oh yeah yeah I remember in the ring and like they were able to cut to a top view on camera but for all of us in the crowd we're like what the fuck's happening and it was just dumb and it was it missed on all accounts like I think it's okay to have the funhouse match in this situation but I mean again we'll get into that on Saturday when we actually have our WrestleMania preview, which again, hopefully we can we can fly through because some. Well, of the- I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you with this question then for our for leading into our WrestleMania podcast. Mm-hmm. You don't have to answer it now. Marinate on this one a little bit. Why is Edge so mad? What is Edge upset about? I mean, I I have responses. I, I he got his match. He won the Royal Rumble. He was guaranteed a match in the main event of WrestleMania, which he got. Well, I don't I, understand what, what from I mean, obviously, I'm not speaking. I'm speaking storyline wise. I think I mean, look, in what's in, his beef in in the world of uh, in the world of podcast production? I'm pretty sure that's what we call a hook. So let's yep. let's leave that let's leave that hook in the water, and uh, that could be you know what? Let's mark it down. That's the first thing we talk about. We'll go completely out of order on it, but that's the first thing we're going to talk. About. We'll we'll talk about that match first, which should be the closing. That's the only thing worth talking about. The close, so we're, so we, we, we are going to start off on Saturday with the closing match of night two. I like it. Let's just mix it up. Uh, in, in, in the interim, yeah. So uh, the next time you're going to hear from us is going to be Saturday. We're going to do the uh, preview for WrestleMania. At some point, we will record our reactions to NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, and we'll have that hopefully come out, I want to say, like Monday or Tuesday of next week. I'm still trying to figure all this out with, like I said, 14 straight days of wrestling upon us, and we're just in, we're getting right into the middle of it. So, um, yeah, we're going to have that available to you on the next episode. We'll highlight the big events for WrestleMania. We'll probably be giddy as to what happened with NXT TakeOver. And we'll get to see uh, we'll get to see if some of our if some of our dreams and hopes came true. Otherwise, I want to thank everybody once again for joining us, Rob. It was I'm, I'm glad to have you back. I did have a good time with Langston though, and I think we're gonna have him join us. And hopefully, maybe one of these days we'll turn this bitch into a triple threat, and we'll have some fun uh, once we have some time, and we can we can kind of just all all go back and forth, and you know, bring a little bit more dissension i think you and i i've 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 noticed a trend lately where we're not agreeing as much as we normally do and i like it i I like it's fine i like it It, it's 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 okay to be wrong i mean hey it's increasing my bank account so (laughs) there's there it is i think i think that's the note then guys uh once again thank you for joining us i mentioned it on the last episode but if you didn't get a chance we are now all over the place you can find us on google podcast you can find us on uh, spotify you can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. And you can find us at angelsofmayhem.com, all under the One Fall Podcast. Find us, like us, subscribe us. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at One Fall Pod. Let us know what you're thinking. Get Let's get some discussion going. I, I'm just, I'm very happy to be doing this. I'm very glad that we've, we've got people listening. And thank you for anybody who sent me a message personally to tell me what you're thinking about the show. I always appreciate feedback, whether good or bad. I'm, I'm, I'm always open for constructive criticism. So thank you, everybody. Not me. I hold grudges. Yeah, Rob holds grudges, but you know he's bitter because he's losing money left and right. So <laughs> uh, otherwise, guys, we will catch you on Saturday, uh, previewing WrestleMania. Thank you, and have a good one. Oh.